What's going on, everyone? Welcome to another episode of For the Love of Cinema, where our motto is, we just hope it doesn't suck. This is episode 299B. B? Thank you. The second episode for the week, where we will now discuss our thoughts on the greatest beer run ever, uh, an Apple TV Plus original film. Mm-hmm. With you for that discussion, all three of the boys, Grayson, Roger, and Chris, for the episode discussing Smile, including the whole box office breakdown, what's streaming in, trailer shock, Check out episode 299A, posted on Tuesday, October 11. So what's going on, guys? So, Grayson, I, I hear that you've contracted hepatitis since uh, we've... That is untrue. Talked. That is, I'm just sick. Factually correct. That is not true. I do not have hepatitis. Don't spread that rumor. Jeez Louise. You don't know. I do know. I'm positive I don't have hepatitis. I'm positive. Hmm. As positive mean, as I can be without getting a test. You mean, <laughs> okay. You mean, don't you mean your hepatitis positive? <laughs> Hold on. How do you guys know you don't have it? I didn't say that I didn't. I've oh. been tested. First off, only one of us is in hepatitis denial, and it ain't me. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. I have in hepatitis denial. Well, all of these wonderful diseases aside, gentlemen, let's jump into a movie, shall we? <laughs> that being said. <laughs> all right. Let's go to the tomato meter for the greatest beer run ever. The tomato meter. I think this is the last time we're going to use um, Rotten Tomato. We may switch over to Metacritic for 300 because Rotten Tomatoes the past two weeks has been really run through the mud with um, allegations and proof that um, it's not – they're not just scores given by scores. They're, they're, they're put there by people. So I don't think we can count it anymore. 43 for the tomato meter and 91% on the audience score. I mean, Metacritic has it at 93, so. That's my point, though. But what, audience... a, what a big swing, though, from 43 to 91. Well, that's the thing. I mean, it, it, it came about with um, recently Bros. If you That's a really interesting research project if you want to look at Bros. Um, I don't quite understand the rationale behind some of that argument of people who made that movie, but. Um, apparently it's gotten that was that was what did it uh bros is what rotten tomatoes someone said that is not the score and it was proven that rotten tomatoes uh just put that score because they were paid at least i think i don't know if i shouldn't say that well so the allegations did rotten tomatoes put a score up that was higher than it should have been or lower than it should have been much higher those are the allegations anyway so can i get paid to make fake reviews i would do that i mean we're trying to do that right now (laughs) you shut the hell up we can do it Hmm. All right, anyway, so yeah, I don't, those haven't been, I don't think those have been proven. I cannot think about it, but there are allegations. So anyway, 43 and 91, that's a big swing, though. That's probably one of the biggest spare, just, uh, disconnections that we've had, I think. Yeah, I think so. That's pretty huge. Well, but I mean, though, I guess I see it critically. I mean, listen, we're going to talk about this movie. It's not the best movie ever, but I can absolutely see why people enjoy this movie because even though it's not great, I actually liked it, so I get it. Yeah, I, I, I agree. All right, some particulars. Zach Efron as Chicky Donahue, Russell Crowe as Arthur Coates, Kyle Allen as Bobby Pappas, Bill Murray, the lovely and wonderful Bill Murray as the Colonel. Doesn't Jake even McGee. look like him at some angles. No. It, it doesn't, but Bill Murray's up there, man. He is He's getting up, up there in age. Jake Picking is Rick Dugan, Will Ropp, Kevin McClune, Archie Renault, Tom Collins, Rub, Ruby Ashbourne Circus as Chrissy, that's his sister, Will Hotchman as Tommy Minogue, Christopher Reed Brown is Noodle. Kevin Tran is Hugh, Oklahoma. <laughs> Everyone's favorite character, I'm sure. Directed Naive. by Peter Farrelly. Let's talk about Peter Farrelly for one minute, shall we? Peter Farrelly recently just won his Oscar for Green Book, best picture in recent years. However, if you so 
He started off 94 with Dumb and Dumber, then Kingpin, then There's Something About Mary. What, Three, a, run of, what a run of legendary comedies. I, legendary comedies. He then follows that up with Me, Myself, and Irene, which, like it or hate it, people like it, people hate it. Shallow How, which is very Grayson's much Grayson's favorite movie. No, because that's like, what's the, what's the, what's the movie with um, Will Ferrell and John C. Riley? That, Holmes and Watson, you yeah, love that. That's another Shallow House like that. And then Stuck on You with Greg Kinnear and Matt Damon, a weird movie. Hmm. Fever Pitch, uh, Hall Patch, I thought was okay. And Dumb and Dumber 2, which did nothing. Mm. And they go like, what an interesting career to start off so strong and then deliver nothing. And people right, like it or hate it. I didn't mind Green Book. I didn't think it was Best Picture winner, but I, I thought it was an okay movie. Turns out that you're wrong because it is a Best Picture winner. <laughs> well, I mean, depending on whatever politics are running that, that year, sure. But no, nah, they got the award. It, you're right. It got the award, <laughs> so it won Best Picture. But, That's right. Uh, yeah, I mean, Fairley's had an interesting career. He started off strong, and then he ended up strong, and now we get this. Not so strong. <laughs> so anyway, so let's get into the movie. Roger, what's going on in the greatest beer run ever? Uh, it's a legendary beer run through multiple countries and a war zone. And listen, I do love me uh, frosty cold beverage and all. Paps so, Blue Ribbon, too. I, I, I know you've had a Paps in your day. I'm not a Paps man. I wonder but how yes. much Paps paid for this. <laughs> well, I mean, well, if well, it's true, it's true. Thing. Probably, well, obviously they get something for it. Yeah. But if you think about the time frame, there's only a handful of like big beers that they actually could have used. Yeah, yeah, that's true. So, and by the way, how nasty would those beers have been by the time? Oh god. Were? Yeah, like like they're not good, right? No, first off, they're not cold in any capacity. No. And they're, they're gonna... at least several months older. <laughs> yeah, and they're gonna normal. be at and least two at least two months older. I mean, it took them two months to get over there, and then yep. and then a few days to slum around in Vietnam. Yep. Well, yeah. and and they're in his pack, getting jostled the whole way, just constantly being shaken. Which at times looked like he can lift that thing pretty effortlessly. Yeah, I mean, for something that clearly has like seven cases of beer in it. <laughs> yeah, that's not the lightest thing in the world for sure. Nope. Absolutely not. It is a, a, a lot of kids at that time were trying to get the hell out of the country or not be drafted to Vietnam. And old Chicky Donahue, he, he goes right running right to the fray, the Vietnam War. The, we the, got our the, idiot with a beautiful mustache. Yes, like, hey, do. I'll do it. Let's talk about that mustache for a second. Oozing sexual energy. Robert, I know you love that. Buddy. Wow. You, 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 think, you, you think he wears that like when he's not – like you think he went to the bar with that mustache when he wasn't filming? Uh, yeah, that's – Probably grew it himself, and it's just wow! It's an amazing mustache. That's you should grow sure. a mustache, Grayson. You know what? We went over this, Roger. I can't because I have one day I'll hit puberty, and then I can grow facial hair. Mm. One 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 day, but until Weird. that day happens, I'm just not going to get it. I have a mustache. I know you do, Roger. You always do. It's a nice one. Mm. Yep. So Peter Farrelly, he's a guy that likes the comedy. I'm not quite sure that the comedic angle, a comedic director would have been the right choice for this. However, what I just said blows out of the water because Todd Phillips did Joker and he cut his teeth with like a, like half a dozen legendary comedies before the Joker. So obviously he can, it can be done. It's just in Farrelly's case, I think it doesn't translate. Well, it turns out that maybe for Todd Phillips that making a second funny comedy was too hard and he should have been making movies like the Joker the whole time. Yeah, true, true. No, true. is that is that like a low blow for the second oh, he, third he, hangover he, movies? 
Oh, yeah, yeah, but he made several great comedies before Hangover. Yeah, but you understood what I meant. Yeah, 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 but like legendary comedies before The Hangover. Sure, sure. But yes, I I don't think that Peter Farrelly's uh, kind of directing style translates to this movie. Now, I wonder how many directors it went through before Farrelly. I'd I'd, I'd love to know. So this is on Apple TV, so it's... It's done a little differently. Apple and, of course, Netflix and Hulu, they all don't have to answer to the studio chain for answers because it's not. They're making it in-house. So none, none of that is uh, a problem for them. So I think, the, I think movies can be made creatively a little differently when you're not answering to six people above you and email chains, stuff like that. I think it's, everything happens a little differently. Yeah, well, I mean, it's got pretty good production value, though, so... Oh, yeah, Apple films always have wonderful production. Even Greyhound had wonderful production value. I was going to say, Apple seems to not pull any punches when it comes to like what they're willing to do for production value. I, yeah. Even like even that movie Swan Song we watched was fantastic visually. Yeah, of course yeah. it was. Yeah, 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 de- de- definitely, definitely. Chris, your kids are going ham wild over there. I know. It, it's, it's one hell of a night for us here at the Bond House. Hog wild. Oh, are um, you in charge? The, pro- the problem is is that I'm currently not in charge. Uh, See what happens, you know, mm. they get a little wild out there. So. You know your wife listens to this show, right? Son of a, son of a bitch. <laughs> hey, son good of a luck. Bitch. So, anyway, so let's, jump in, let's jump into the greatest beer run ever. We're 10 minutes in. Let's jump into the greatest beer run ever. Sure. Give me give me your, your quick synopsis. Or give me your quick uh, breakdown, Roger. Your, your quick analysis. 10 uh, seconds. Idiot takes beer to friends in Vietnam. Not as emotional as it should be. There are a couple key scenes that are trying to be very emotional, and they just never get there. So uh, I think one of the lines in the movie is one of my favorites where uh, the the sergeant's talking to one of the first guys he meets. I think it's like the second guy. And he mm. tells him, don't worry about him. Some people are just too dumb to die. Yeah. And I, I laughed at that. And he's not wrong. Nope. So I, Chicky, I, I Chicky that Donahue line. is very, very lucky. He was traipsing through, at, at a point, he was traipsing through deep Vietnam on roads that would not have been controlled by U.S. forces. No, he's a moron. And he just went like 16 miles into the woods and like, jeez, how he survived, I'll never know. Luck, thy name is Chicky Donahue. So the one thing that I think is hilarious, and I mean this seriously, so listen, obviously some of this stuff is made up, right? I mean, the, the short synopsis is exactly like what I said is, this guy, Chicky, gets this idea that he should take beer to the guys that used to live in his neighborhood um, over to the guys in Vietnam, okay? He used to be a merchant marine. He gets himself on a, uh, an oil frigate to, to make it over there, and he actually starts to do this. And he just kind of idiots his way through half of this stuff, and it just seems to work for him. But the funniest thing is, is the way that he thinks of what he's doing. He's like, I don't know. I'll probably hitchhike. And he's like, you're going to hitchhike through Vietnam. And he's like, yeah. He doesn't have any idea that that's not how you function in life. Like, that that's not normal. No. And no, it's, it's just like, oh, my God. And then well, he just starts hitching a ride, and it works. Yeah. Well, and like, he's like, he's like what, mid-20s in this or something like that? Uh, Like 27. I yeah. Think yeah. Okay. So even, even, even beyond that. It's clear that he's done nothing with his life up to this point besides, I guess, he was enlisted. And he tried to go to college and that failed. So, like, maybe he just doesn't get it. I mean, he lives in, like, you know, where he lives, he might be able to hitch everywhere he wants to. You know, back then it was more accepted, you know. So, to show up in another country and just assume, oh, just hitch rides, you know. Because, like, you know, it's 
something that you just don't think about not being accessible if that's just what you're used to. The guy's yeah, not the brightest bulb, and, and they make that clear. York, though. Especially living in New York, where you just get a taxi or a ride from somebody. I mean, it's, yeah. it's very in character for him. It just it's, it doesn't make sense to us because where he is. Yeah, yeah. So that's kind of my whole thing behind that. It's uh, also and how we're introduced to him is such a we're introduced to him as such a slacker. Yes, hundred you know, percent. Sleeping until whatever hour in the afternoon. Three, according to Dad. Which don't and don't get me wrong, Dad's exaggerate this. But it's it still irritates dads to hell and back. I had a dad like that. Yeah. So yeah, he wasn't wrong. No, he's not. No, you don't want to sleep the day away. So fun story. Um, I had a conversation when I was home and out of college after I'd recently graduated. That it would get to the point where I was coming home when my father would be leaving for work Mm -hmm. (laughs) in the a.m. Yep. And the only rule my mom had was that I had to be out of bed by the time he got home from work. Because I had made myself nocturnal. <laughs> yep. So similarly, I would go to a buddy's house, like, you know, any night of the week at like 10 o'clock. My dad, my dad worked construction. He went to bed early. Mm-hmm. So there'd be days where I'd have my buddy drop me off like down the street mm-hmm. at like 530 in the morning. Mm-hmm. And I'd walk into my house fully dressed for school. And to I, would, I just told him that I was up early. Him not knowing I was gone all night and hadn't slept yet. <laughs> That's wrong. <laughs> you, yeah. do what you, you do what you got to do, man. Those, oh, those, yeah. those days of that sleep, though. It's dangerously unnecessary because now as an adult, I'm like, it's 11. I must sleep. Yeah. I will die. <laughs> I will be dead soon. <laughs> Every, for some reason, when you don't get the right amount of sleep, everything hurts. It's weird. Well, and I get to the point where I'm just like, oh my God, this football game is not going to be over until like 10 30. <laughs> Damn it! <laughs> you're right. You don't get the right amount of sleep. You wake up and your day is just a whole bunch of crap. Like, your yeah, whole week's ruined. Whole it's eleven thirty. Multiple days pissed off. <laughs> it's terrible. It's amazing. Go go from your twenties to thirties. It's like it's like a light switch, man. It's just oh my gosh. But anyway, so yes, that's Chicky Don. He was a slacker, sleeping until all that was the afternoon, not really doing anything. Quit everything he started. His parents getting on him, his sister getting on him. However, the there's an added thing here of his sister is also joining the Vietnam protests at home. Yep. And that is – so th- help me out here, guys. How did you see the movie slanted politically as far as the Vietnam War is concerned? I mean the movie's definitely anti-Vietnam. Yeah. Incredibly yeah. anti-Vietnam. And yeah, it's like it – it's almost like – this is about an idiot who goes to Vietnam to learn that, oh, Vietnam War, bad. <laughs> kind of. I mean, yeah, that's pretty insightful shit right there. But I mean, we don't, I, I wish they had told this story just a little differently. I don't know how accurate this is from whatever they're pulling, whether it's from his head or a book or something. Well, it's, he has a memoir. He, a he memoir, wrote a okay. memoir. So, yeah. Well, here's the thing. I mean, you know, no, no matter how you, how you wanted the story to be told, this is the way they want to tell the story, and and their view on it is whatever they want it to be, and that's fine, because there's plenty of there's plenty of pro America Vietnam movies out there too. So it doesn't well, it, it doesn't hurt having the other perspective with, but within the, but film the other, form. The one thing is I would like to mention because yeah, this movie has an anti Vietnam slant. Okay, yeah. sure, of course it does. However, our our idiot that we're following around is not that. True. He is gung ho. You should love America. Yeah. We're over there. You should be that way. Yeah. He just becomes more informed. Yeah. <laughs> and realizes that it's not 
every you know yeah. everything's not what it's cracked up to be so i wouldn't go so far as to say this is entirely anti-vietnam it's but not. It, it is more informative but mm-hmm. i mean look it also does show you like politically during that time frame there was a large contingent of this country that did not believe we should be there in any capacity true and they do have a lot of screen time here because, you know, the way that his sister's involved. But then you have guys like Chicky, just normal guys in their mid-20s are just like, yeah, hell yeah, you know, we got, we got to do this. And, you know, we love our troops and rah, 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 America. Yep. So I think that's a pretty fair stance, you know, just from, you know, the small group of people that we do see. Mm-hmm. So, I would agree with you. It's, it's a very yeah. – but what's the, is there another side to it? No, I mean, long story short, we probably shouldn't have been in Vietnam anyway. No, so. no, 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 no. I don't mean, <laughs> does, does the movie present the other side of it, though? I th- I, That's I what think... I'm asking. And I, 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 I think in order to do that, they use the reporters, well, like Arthur Coates, for example, Russell Crowe, to do that. Well, they're, they're very important characters in here. Yeah. You know, when, when Chicky's like, you guys shouldn't write that, and, and they're like, well, why shouldn't we? Mm-hmm. But I mean, it's, it's you know stuff we deal with in the media now, you know, reporting on something because you don't like it doesn't mean that it's not true which is ultimately something that rings true in our era now more than anything um but to have people just be like well yeah listen i understand what you mean but you know we have to report what actually is happening here and they're like well you know you guys should be more behind it and they're like well the way we present us being behind it is to show you what's actually happening yeah so I think that's the best way to how they did it is fine. That's not where my issue of this. Well, I think the reporters, the reporter gallery is one of the more interesting sets of characters. Honestly. I agree, is especially in the bar how they yeah. have that that, that kind of like back Around and forth table that, discussion. Sure, yeah, that's an interesting. You know, especially when Russell Crowe comes in, is you know, I, I think he's he has a whole bunch of dimension. And let me ask you something: Did you think it had to be Russell Crowe that played that role? It had to be someone of no. his caliber, or could it have been? A number no. of people who could have done. I don't, that. I don't think it had to be Russell Crowe. I, I, I think you want a strong. I think you want a strong actor in that position. You want someone that that has a lot of uh, has Some a lot gravitas. Of, exactly. That. Yeah. I think you want that. You know, you, you can name a couple guys that you know could have done the the same job or better. Blah blah blah. But Russell Crowe being in that in that role, I think is what you want because you want that character to feel impactful not only to our to our main character. But also to the audience. Yep. You want that I character agree, to shake to shake to shake up the perspective in a very jarring kind of way instead of like the subtle way we get like between him and his sister. Absolutely. And and the one thing is with the first time we meet Arthur and the, the other reporters, from the second time we meet Arthur and reporters, like Chicky himself has changed. Right? Mm-hmm. So we have him coming with one perspective and coming back with another one. You know, like being, well, like, hey, well, that's not true. You know, I was just up there. And they're like, well, wait a goddamn minute. You know, this we knew it. And then even Chicky starts to realize, like, hey, these guys aren't exactly anti-America here. You know, they're just being fed bad information or, you know what I mean? They're they're trying to sort through bad info. So, well, think- one of the there, that happened twice is when Chicky was used to give information to the reporters that they wouldn't have otherwise had mm-hmm. when the when the. I don't know what you call him. Uh, the hostage was thrown out of the helicopter alive. Obviously, died on impact when he hit yep. the ground. Um, and then again, when the U.S. tank pulled up and blew a hole in the wall, the wall at the uh, embassy to make it look like that's how they got in, and not and not they're they're in our systems another way. Yep. But both times, Chicky was used to deliver that information to the press, 
so they could so they could then write about that. Mm-hmm. I thought that was interesting because there's there's a ton of that in Vietnam going on too. So it's not mm-hmm. always accurate, but it's it's on theme with what we're going through. Sure. Now, I would love to know how true his beef with the CIA guy was because I don't think Chicky Donahue would have ever gotten out of country after well, the CIA said this guy's on lockdown. So one of the true parts, now listen, obviously this is based on a true story and it's a wild true story. So, you know, take some of it for the grain of salt. But what is part of it is true is people did, they did think he was CIA, um, which is one of the reasons he got access to the stuff that he did. Because back then, if you said, you know, the way that you come off as a tourist or whatever, people were like, what the you know, holy shit, like this guy's black ops, you know, um, that's how he idiots his way forward a couple of times. And um, it's funny to us, you know, watching him go through when he's just like, who's your travel agent? And he's like, same one as yours. <laughs> but, you know, he, he avoided death multiple times, which is probably accurate because, I mean, he did make it home. And the funniest thing about this, no matter what is all is true or not, is the fact that this guy actually had this genius idea to take beer all the way to Vietnam just to give it to people. Um, I mean, it's respectable, right? Like the idea, I think, well, is Of course it's respectable. It, of course it is. And that's the pro-Vietnam part. That's part mm-hmm. of the pro side of the argument is well, support the troops. Please don't say anything bad thing. If you look, look back in history for two seconds. And yes, protesters protesting the war but our guys were still over there fighting so that much of the film i do get and why that argument holds water as far as why they put so much behind the beer run what i i guess what i take issue is with now again grain of salt Roger, you said how much this is true how much of it is not hmm. one day I'll, well, one day i'd like to read this guy's memoir. i did did enjoy this story i thought it was an interesting you're telling me this is real kind of story. I mean, yeah. at least some of it's real. Like we know he did it and we I know would, he was so, successful. So his friend yeah. that he went to find, Tommy Minogue, mm-hmm. I would have loved for him to keep getting hints. Oh, Tommy went off of the patrol of the 34th. or Oh, Tommy's up in the next village. Like that would have been what kept me watching doesn't, was yeah, I didn't find out what happened to Tommy. Doesn't that feel too much like saving Private Ryan at that point? No, it, but if that's the story, that's the story. Yeah, but you're, you're already saying what well, you're saying that you'd rather it be that way, but that's it, not the story. That wasn't the story, though. Well, again, I, I don't know where they deviated and what they kept true. That's the thing. Yeah, I don't know how I important you. I don't know how important Tommy Minogue is to the real story here. That's my question. Mm-hmm. Is given how we we do at least what three flashbacks to Tommy? Yep. Yeah. One to two or two or three, but they're good flashbacks. They're mm-hmm. great. Of Tommy saying to him, "I'm scared," and Chick saying, "Don't be scared." Probably why he got killed. Actually, I mean that. I mean, it taught and and, and Chicky's well, mind. That's Chick, why he died. Chicky believes by the end of the movie that he's the reason that Tommy is dead. Mm-hmm. And you know, his mom in one of the better scenes of this movie tells him it's not. You can't feel bad about that. Mm-hmm. He did what he wanted to do, and you know he would have been thankful that you supported him and what he did because you would be right. <laughs> I think so. Yeah, d- d- so, definitely. Absolutely. I mean, I, su- I support my idiot friends when some of them join the military. <laughs> you know, it wasn't for me, but hey, you go do your thing, man. I'm, well, I'm no, I, I would never not support someone for joining any military. I, I don't also mean that the entire military is idiots. I meant that my friends were idiots before they joined the military. <laughs> fair and also, since they have left the military, are once again idiots, if that's fair, <laughs> once fair again. assessment. 
I, I think so. Yeah, it's it, it, it's fine. You're you're yeah. you're out of the clear there. Um, so that's what I wanted. That's one of the things I wanted to discuss was like, how true do you think this all is, and where do the lies start to bleed in? Like, where do well, where where does the fiction start? Well, listen. I mean, he does end up in LZ Jane. The re- that's a real picture of him there. Um, he got to the hottest wars, the hottest part of the Vietnam War. Um, he ended up there. Um, that's that's definitely true. Um, he he definitely gave out his last beer to the guys he was getting on the helicopter. Um, I forget which one that that was. Um, now stuff that I believe that's not true is probably like the elephants running through the woods and getting picked up randomly, stuff like that. I, that I understand. I, mean, I, don't, I don't know that the elephants running through the woods trying to avoid napalm. That that mm-hmm. that that would seem like something that might be accurate. Well, and as from what from what I understand too, he did spend the night in the foxhole with that company that he was with. So that's true. <laughs> I just can't believe he was able to idiot his way through all this. Like that's just something else, man. It's something else. I mean, this is you got to have the right attitude. So <laughs> sure, that's that's it. Yeah, yeah. Have Good the right for attitude. Him. Um, I mean, yeah, if you just course. believe that you can do it, sometimes you can do it. And I assume some of the CIA stuff is. I mean, they probably weren't trying to kill him. Um, but I mean, like I said before, like I know he did have people think he was at uh, CIA because why the hell would you be here if you weren't? Well, you especially know? dressed like he's dressed. Exactly. He's now wearing his aviators like a like a guy off of the war zone map, you know. <laughs> well, he's dressed like all of those guys. All mm-hmm. the CIA guys are dressed the same. Well, Khaki's like, Hawaiian shirt. And, like, and like, we're shown in the movie that the CIA wants to, you know, is, is, is at least hunting him down. We don't know if the CIA wants to kill him. You know no, what I mean? No, I don't mean kill, but, but they definitely would like to know how he got as far as well, he did. I, I think it's more of, you know, if anything, they're probably going to be like, hey, hey, buddy, cut it out. Hey, um, hey, you're not CIA. Let's not. How, do this. how did you get here? Yeah, <laughs> it's time for you to go home, chick. Yeah. What's well, also, I mean, he's very lucky that he had access to be on a steamer. He was an oil guy on a steamer. He's access. I mean, again, there's so many dominoes that had to fall in the right way for this to happen. Sure. Well, so. so can I can I talk about one thing that I know is inaccurate, um, real quick? And it's not part of the actual story, so I won't spend a lot of time on it. One of the things is part of his real story is which happens towards the end of the movie when he's trying to be evac'd out. So he misses his boat. Okay. That happened in real life. Well, he didn't get jumped to Manila and pick the boat back up. It took him four months to get home. He didn't get home till early April after trying to leave the, after like the second of uh, January after the Tet Offensive. It took him four months to get home. Now, I don't understand why that they would cut that, change that part of the movie. I really don't, because I think that adds more to his plight. Um, so I think that that's weird that they didn't do it, but I, I think that's slightly more interesting story than him just getting on a plane and flying back across the ocean, right? Well, I'm sure it's because he was detained somewhat by the CIA. I'm sure it's just, it's a lot of boring stuff there for four months. That they didn't want to focus on, I could be yeah. wrong. I, I don't know, but I, I mean, I, I refuse to believe the CIA is just that dumb. They can't catch that guy who's just running amok, stupid. I mean, they're but well, especially well. Here's the thing: after the Tet Offensive, which is a real thing that really happened on the holiday, um, things might have been a clusterfuck, and Chicky Donahue might not have been that important anymore. Well, true, but so the Tet Offensive is is the is when is when the 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 VC attacked all these cities. Yep, on the holiday. Okay, mm-hmm. so that let's talk about that for a second. Did you yeah. guys like that as an action sequence? 
with Russell Crowe and um, with with uh, Arthur and Chicky Donahue running through the streets, avoiding you know gunshots. I thought that was pretty cool. Myself. I mean, it, it was neat because they were running through like a war zone without any weapons, not trying to fight, just trying to get from point A to point B. Yeah. And I thought it was cool that Arthur is directing him and he's like snapping photos while he's doing it. I think that's a perspective you don't see a lot of um, besides the actual still pictures that come out of stuff like that. So that was kind of cool to me. Well, that, that's also a theme that's heavily featured in We Were Soldiers. Another mm-hmm. huge Vietnam film is the camera guy, the guy who's taking all the pictures reporting, Joe. He uses an M16 when they really get down to it, but he puts it down and picks his camera back up and he's reporting. But that's that's been a theme in a lot. But this was like a reporter's war almost. This is mm-hmm. Vietnam was, you know, really kind of I, I like that aspect of it. Well, this, I love, this was really the first war that media got to cover like live as it was happening. Well, yeah, so. because I mean, this, World War II wouldn't have been like that. Uh, I mean, and, you get some stuff, but you wouldn't have as many people on the ground like you did it. Vietnam where you well, know and technology is also people. technology oh, yeah. is also vastly different too. 20 mm-hmm. years later but also now Chris I'm going to talk about it. you're usually the one that brings this up and I, I I did in ages past I've stopped but the score how do you oh. guys find this to be I really loved parts of the score I really dug so for, for a movie that doesn't really hit like like the emotional like level you want it to because like this movie seemed like it was going to be sadder than it was which you know it, it's it's okay that it's not as sad or as it's emotional. a little bit sad it, it is it is but it's just not as emotional as as, as I was expecting it to be no, I, I thought, thought it was going to be real sad yeah I, I thought I was going to cry like a bitch you know what I mean but it the the music is on point I feel like you know especially on like uh, the the scene you mentioned where they're going through uh through the city. Uh, what, what is it? Uh, Saigon when they're going Saigon. to Saigon while yeah, it's being attacked, mm-hmm. and then um, there's a couple other moments where it's like the music does hit really well with the current like like emotion of the scenes. I mean, again, the movie wasn't quite as emotionally pulling as I, as I expected, and I kind of wanted it to be. But yeah, score wise, I, I do think it, it they do a good job with sound design here. Again, something that Apple that the Apple Plus content hasn't really um hasn't really missed on from what I can recall. It seems like they're very good at that at the, at the production value side of things, including the sound. Uh, we can talk about production for a second because I didn't, we didn't bring it up. Uh, this movie only cost forty million dollars, so um, I think I think they do a good job with the uh, the smaller budget here. Because listen, <laughs> war movies get expensive quick. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so that's something. But I guess also having a smaller straightforward cast probably helps out with that yeah and 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 we're not really like faced with like the usual war stuff from a war movie right like, no we're getting from like the battles. side like the the yeah. ten thousand foot view and then the mm-hmm. closest we get to actual war action is the foxhole and yep. when they're in downtown saigon so yep. we don't get a whole lot of you know we're moving a thousand troops and rolling tanks everywhere and well, yeah, they don't have, yeah, yeah the whole yeah. blank thing is in you don't need to buy hundreds of thousands of blanks and stuff like nope. that um, how do you guys feel about the one thing? Now you guys are going to know where I'm going with this. The one character I wanted to survive did Oklahoma, right? Yeah, Oklahoma. Man, damn, I wanted him to sort of pull through so badly. Sorry, that's a spoiler, but long they bond, live Oklahoma. They, they they bond quite quite well in Vietnam in Saigon, and then when he's Chicky gives him his address, like you come to New York, he's like, come find me in New York. You'll stay at my place with my yeah. parents as with soon parents. as. <laughs> As soon as he gave him his number, his, his address, you knew his ass was dead. I, I was, I just, I just thought in my head, son of a bitch, God Oklahoma. <laughs> we all love Oklahoma, that's for sure. He's but. he's a fun dude. I love. He's yeah. just like you can just leave your post. He's like they're not listening anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no one listens to me anyway. Yep. Oh man, nah, there, I mean that's there's more. I, 
there's more I wanted out of this movie. I, I will say more, I, more I, ex- I expected more critically from the you know from the mm. Vietnam side than I thought we were going to get. I mean, look, the comedy's kind of there. There's some funny moments yep. here. Zac Efron is always. I mean, here's the thing: he's generally a likable guy. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think as a lead, he does a pretty good job here. Um, he's just kind of hamstrung by the content, if you know what I mean. He's just mm-hmm. kind of laying out what's in front of him. This movie could have been better, but listen, this movie also could have been way, way worse. Yeah. So I don't. I don't think this is awful, but it's not like wow, you know what a what a like what a dramedy here you know like yeah. drama comedy mix because you, you probably could have if you would have went all into it, you probably could have crafted something out of that but yeah what we get I, isn't isn't quite that it's a little flat all around i think i do appreciate the ending because i i thought i thought it was going to go with a more predictable and a more eye-rolly ending so i'm sure. glad it ends the way it does because what, what were you predicting chris uh, I was just I was ready to be disappointed by seeing like like the movie ends with Chicky at the next like protest with his sister and everybody else you know chanting you know about you know bringing the boys home or something like that and like 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 the movie fades out with like you know that scene like I'm glad that he like like they didn't go that route because that's almost eye rolly I mean he comes back in much more support of bringing he's, everybody home hundred percent different when he comes he back. Is. But it's one of those things where, you know, he takes what he learns and he applies it to like the rest of his life and helping those around him instead of it being some cliche, you know, well, now I'm a protester, you know, and he may have, don't get me wrong, but sure. I'm glad the movie didn't, didn't like wrap this movie up that way. Well, I want you to of, also know that Chicky is still alive. Yeah. By the mm-hmm. way, I was going to so. get that. It kind of does, Chris, in a, in, a, in a different way, but it does say, it does tell you that yeah. the majority of those guys he was searching for, they do come home when you see a picture of them today. Yeah. So I mean, they do. I mean, it does kind of end on that note, not in the same way that you said you were eye rolly, but it kind of that's a nice little uplift at the end of the film. You know, those guys made it back. Yep. Not 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 everyone. Tommy Minogue doesn't, and two or three others don't. But a lot of those guys do make it back. A lot of those guys that he gave beer to do make it back. Now, that's a hell of a story to tell to someone. It is. You know, listen. (laughs) No one would fucking believe you. Nobody. Nobody. Not even a little bit, and that's what I makes mean. It's it so not great. like you could document it like we can now with the internet, you know. Be like, "All right, guys, just landed in country in Vietnam." People are like, "What the fuck? No, <laughs> sir, you can't I, be here." <laughs> agreed. I mean, it's one of those things that it works. I think for the movie, the way to how he idiots through, but it also doesn't work in some of those same tokens as well. But mm-hmm. so, gentlemen, we should move into the scoring portion of this. Mm-hmm. Okay. And I'll I will go, go f- Oh no, you want to go first? Go 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 first. I'll, I'll go ahead and go first. So I mean I've already kind of laid out where uh the feeling. So like look, I, I do want to premise like I like this movie. It's it's okay. Um however, it's like only okay. And I, I feel bad maybe I expected a little bit more out of this. But when you, you make a movie that's running with this kind of story, which is listen, a legendary story, obviously. This dude's got balls on him the size of grapefruits all right <laughs> i mean or he's just an idiot i haven't decided which it can be both sure okay he's he's a <laughs> dumb idiot with giant balls yeah. okay <laughs> this movie's like a five i mean it, it's only average to me um i i understand why the audience score is as high as it is because look it does have a feel-good moment um it is it is satisfying in some places 
where he actually delivers beer to certain people. And, you know, the emotional stuff with a little bit that it actually is, is okay. But there's so little of that and mostly just him being an idiot through Vietnam. So mm-hmm. I think a five is where I will, I will seat this. Yeah. So I'll go ahead and I'll go second. Um, this movie is just fine. I think that's the best. Like if someone asked me if this is any good, I'd tell him it's fine. This it's a long movie and it feels, it, it does feel like it's two hour plus runtime. Unfortunately, the um, you have your emotional moments, you have your laughs, uh, but all in all, this it just takes its time telling its story, and you do, you get kind of exactly what you expect out of it without you know the big emotional pull that I feel like they I feel like they wanted this to be. This movie is you a never five. get any more than that. Exactly. Yeah, this movie is a five. Uh, I'm gonna go one less. It's a Ooh. four for me. Meany, you wouldn't <laughs> recommend this to people. It didn't satisfy. I mean. It depends on what you're recommending it for, because like it's not going to satisfy a Vietnam movie, you know, itch. It's not going to satisfy anything else. It's just it's a it's a story about an idiot who ran over beers to his friend in <laughs> Vietnam. I I'm mean, still or the con- greatest friend of all time. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still not convinced that they took liberties in places that they shouldn't have. And I mean, maybe- I mean, listen, I assume that every movie is at least partially fictional, so. But it's, to me, it's a four. I, I really, I really expected more out of this. Especially now, this is maybe a wrong way to look at, it, but especially coming from Apple, I expected to see more of this. I mean, Apple's given us some of the best television in the past couple of years. Ted Lasso. Uh, they've given us some pretty good movies that are all usually outside of Greyhound, usually pretty good. They can do um, emotional. They can. I wish. I just wish we'd gotten so much more from this. So. That's where I'm sitting at it. But so I, two I, fives and a four here today, huh? Not good, Bob. Not eh, good at all. I mean, listen, it's okay. It is, it is okay. It is. <laughs> That's the okayest okay. And I'm sure the people out there disagree with us, sure. But I'm sure people out there who also agree with us. Yeah, so, I mean, all right, watch it. I mean, listen, I recommend everybody watches it and then makes their own decision. Well, especially if you have Apple TV, why not? Right. You're like, why not if you have Apple TV? You've got I mean, two hours. Go ahead. You can, you can see Zac Efron in his beautiful mustache. Oh, yeah. Listen, that's oozing, something that'll change your... Oozing sexual energy, for sure. Powerful sexual energy. <laughs> All right. This has been episode 299B of For Love Cinema. 299B of For Love Cinema. Each new episode posts every Tuesday morning and Friday morning at 5 a.m. on the podcasters of your choice of the following five. Apple Podcasts, Podbean, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music. Please leave a comment or two, rate, subscribe. Every little bit helps. More importantly, thank you very much for listening. Check out the show on Twitter at Love Cinema Pod. I'm at Grayson Maxwell One. I am at Rod Stillian. I'm Christopher Bond. And don't forget to check out the Facebook page. Always posting things on social media. Send us an email to for the love of cinema podcast at gmail.com. And next week, we're taking a look at Lyle Lyle Crocodile. And what was the other one? Uh, we're going to watch Hellraiser. On oh, Hulu. Hellraiser on Hulu. Sorry. I, I oh, which I, yeah, I've watched Hellraiser already. So Did you? Hellraiser yeah. on Hulu. Sorry about nice. that. Nice. What's your initial thumbs up, thumbs down? Your, your I mean, so I had never watched other Hellraiser, so I'm okay with it. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's a good I sign. Know. I don't know how it fits into that world. So. Could have been worse. Hmm.